Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everybody. Today is another follow-up conversation based on today's LinkedIn live conversation that I had with my previous guest, Janie Hamilton. Janie is the CEO of Find Your Flex Group. And so we spoke today about one of my favorite topics, everything related to flexible work, why it is important, how the pandemic has changed employers' outlook on it. And then also we spoke about returnships, focusing on skills, transferable skills, and more. So if you haven't had the opportunity to see our LinkedIn conversation live today, here is a great chance to catch up. And also I will put in the show notes the previous conversation that Janie and I had so you can hear in more detail how she got started with Find Your Flex. Hello, Janie. It is so nice to see you again. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me back. It feels like yesterday, to be fair. <laughs> I know, right? It, it doesn't seem that it's been months, really. So yeah. it's really, really nice. And um. As we were saying earlier, it's been a super busy day for you today. So I'm super appreciative that you can make it. And um, we will talk about that in a minute. But first of all, I would like to welcome everybody who is watching us now or in the replay. And for people who do not know you yet and your work, Janie, could you just introduce yourself with five facts, please? Like the working out loud method. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm Shani Hamilton. I'm the CEO and founder of findyourflex.co.uk, um, Mummy Jobs and Daddy Jobs. We are a flexible working um, career network. We do research, consultancy now. We just seem to be doing so much stuff in the future of workspace. Um, and that's something that is really exciting for me. And it, and it really, really drives, drives me and my passion. So that's one thing, I guess. Um, the next thing, um, I was Daily Telegraph Junior Golf Champion in 1996. So that's going back wow. a ways. And I haven't picked up a golf club for a long time, but it's something that I did used to enjoy. Um, my favourite movie is The Sound of Music. Does that age me? Does that date me? Um, love that. I kind of, it's not Christmas without The Sound of Music. Um, I have three children, age six, four and two. Um, and they are the reason um, why I left Fleet Street, why I left a six-figure salary um, and set up my company and now barely earn a thousand pounds a month. But, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we have to we have to do it at some point in our lives um, or we'll regret it. And number five, um, I can't cook. My husband is an amazing cook, which saves me and the children from having diabolical dinners every day. Um, and hopefully that's enough about me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Taylor. That's awesome. And now, you know, 
as I, we just said, like, it's been such a busy day. Could you maybe share to what you've been up to since we last talked? What has happened? I mean, if you want to start with today, because it's been amazing. Um, today has been busy. Today has been, we've recorded our first two podcasts of our upcoming hashtag Talking Flex series. Um, we're doing six that are candidate focused and six and I'm going to say thought leadership but it's not it's thought action because we're, we're sick of the leadership now it's time to act so that's kind of what we're doing um so today we're two of the candidate ones I got to speak to some amazing people Sarah Hutchinson's at Cope, um Sarah Hutchinson at Cope Brasserie I got to speak to Adrian at Hirefall I got to speak to Matthew at Corvia um Rebecca um who is one of our career coaches and Di Keller who is an amazing lady one of our HR power specialists and she's a big diversity inclusion lead um and we were talking transferable skills uh, which is really really important in the current climate and with a lot of people about to lose their their jobs over the new um I don't know if it's the same in Canada but in the UK the government have legislated that um for certain industries it's no jab no job so come September the 13th there's going to be a lot of people leaving the healthcare sector um who don't want to get vaccinated um and therefore have to reskill into another industry because there's not going to be any other job for them in healthcare that they can do without being vaccinated so we've been talking a lot about transferable skills and what industries how to to find them and understand them and and write a skills-based CV versus a chronological one. So that was one, which is a big one on its own. But then we moved in the in the afternoon to um, ATS systems, which, again, candidates don't really seem to be aware that they're playing a big part in their lives at the minute. So that, that means applicant tracking systems, just to get rid of the lingo. Um, a lot of people, and, and we were talking to some of the new guys that have joined our team in, in recent months, um, first sort of experience in recruitment media, first time coming across applicant tracking systems and like, wow, if I'd have known that these existed when I was a, a job seeker, I don't think I would have felt as bad about myself knowing that it's an automated system that is rejecting me rather than a physical human being, um, as seems to happen in a lot of cases. Um, so yeah, so we were talking about sort of the do's and do nots around applicant tracking systems, um, whether or not CV writers are, are worth their money in terms of how they seem to possess the knowledge to sort of navigate application tracking systems especially for those people who maybe haven't written a cv in a while um so yeah it's been really interesting and then if that wasn't enough we <laughs> jumped straight <laughs> into a linkedin live with um the guys at skill city in manchester um which is all about the free courses that they have put on which is just bloody amazing to get women into tech and they're completely free to access so there's no inhibitors whatsoever so if they're based in the northwest they can um train and become aws coder they can be um they can do raytheon and do cybersecurity. so that was amazing and then to top my day off karen i've got you and what we're talking about now so that's just amazing well thank you it's it's really amazing and you know what's so interesting as you're talking about transferable skills because i i'm a firm believer and you know i'm coming from the when somebody has been um an unpaid care worker for a few months or a few years, the transferable skills that they have learned and how often it is underestimated. And so, yeah. you know, having you talk about this is, is amazing because I feel in so many parts of one's life, one can learn skills that are easily transferable, but often people actually are not aware that they yeah. are actually learning them or have learned them. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that's it. And we had some really knowledgeable ladies and career coaches and people who work um, in DNI on on that particular podcast um, sharing their experiences. Like, so for example, my um, marketing director for Find Your Flex is a career transitioner. So she was a midwife. She is now a director of marketing, and she did that in her mid thirties. And I, I just think what we kind of got to was this: there's no age limit, there's no barrier to learning, there's no barrier to where you can move your skills from and to it's just about I guess unlocking your confidence and and picking out actually what what can I do what do I actually do well and not just that what do I want to do my next job because there might be some stuff that you do as a skill in your current job that actually you might be able to do it but you don't enjoy it and you want to take that with you into your next role so yeah really interesting topics in in terms of of how we transition out of COVID-19 and and either head back to work or potentially into a new job or maybe completely decide to go freelance so yeah interesting times yeah and then you know in that same area you have recently started like there is the returnship that you are partnered with with Wells Fargo if you wanted to share about this because I thought that was amazing I mean it, it all fits well I know yeah um so Sandy Chow who is oh, she's just a legend uh, I met her four years ago when she was at Centrica um and uh we met we loved each other um we just had that bond that people have when you just both try to do great things and unfortunately she couldn't work at work with us there at that time um but she's left she's now at um Wells Fargo and she's doing some amazing um stuff over there so basically it's the glide program that they've got over there in Canada and in the states have been wildly successful and she chose us to partner with us to help recruit for it here in the UK so it's the first time they're running this program um and it's for you know they find some fantastic jobs there like because you don't really get them that often for for like lawyers and stuff like that as well so actually in the finance sector it was really really interesting to see those um roles come about um weirdly um we've also because we haven't done returner campaigns for ages and then we had two in one week so we've been working with the guys over um inclusivity to work with bats so british american tobacco um and they are doing a whole campaign in the science community so it's like come on return of the stem subjects guys um and let's get all these people back into work so yeah it's been a, it's been a busy 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 week Yes. Um, yeah, some, some amazing opportunities on the platform at the minute. And then um, one other aspect of your platform, the Apprentice Hub. Could you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, I think it's it's really weird because it's become the Apprentice Hub. It, when we kind of th first thought about those areas of the site, because we have the Return Hub, we have the Apprentice Hub, it was about a place for content. It was about giving um, employers an opportunity to talk about their culture, their values, their you know the behaviours that are exhibited within that business, and to in I guess entice apprentices or career changes, which is kind of what it was there for. Mm -hmm. um, so that anybody can start afresh, anyone can restart with you. Um, of any age um, and actually have an opportunity to get to know you as a company before you start applying for these apprenticeship roles. Um, so that was that was kind of why we, we set up the Apprenticeship Hub. So it's it's not just about early careers, it's about how people transition. So again, using those transferable skills right. and, and giving people the opportunity to understand more about the business and the environment that they're potentially be going to be going into. Because obviously there's a lot of industries that might be completely wildly different from what the behaviors are in, in other industries. So it's just to give them another opportunity to, to you know, promote with video or editorial or imagery or case studies or, you know, candidate testimonials of people who've, who've traversed that that divide before. 
um, a place to really share outside of a bog standard job description. Yes. And so I recently read that in um, in the UK, there is now um, the proposal of the T levels, like in, like in between, right? There's A levels, there is GCSE, and then there are the T levels. And my impression is that fits into with the apprenticeship because you do a special, um, how do you call it? Like work placement. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I think when I was a, a uni student, a lot mm -hmm. of people did those. It was called a sandwich course. So it was okay. a, you did your three years. It, it was three, but it was four years. So you had four years, but one year was out actually doing a work placement for a okay. year. Um, but then they kind of fell out of favour and a, a lot of people didn't do them anymore. But actually, I think what a lot of graduates have found over the last 10 years is when they're leaving, they've got no work experience. So they're right. really finding it hard to break into the careers that they want to get. So maybe these T courses, I don't, you've got one on me there because I've not even heard of them. I'm right. assuming that's why they're bringing these back into, into play so that people who do want to carry on their education also get some work experience in, in, at, at the same time, um, which is not a bad idea because, you know, I think as an employer um, and as a manager of teams, you know, some of the grads that, we've, that I've managed and, and come out, the expectation has been to be at management level within six months of joining the team, but actually they've not got a starting block. They've not had any work experience. So the, you know, I, f I felt like they were coming out of university and the universities were giving them false expectations of where they should be within a given timeline. And I'm, you know, there's obviously certain industries, tech, for example, where you can, you know, rise so quickly, but in terms of media, in terms of marketing, it's their knowledge-based roles and it takes a while to, to understand what it is you're doing and, and why you're doing it. So, you know, that even coming out with the with the head start of a degree doesn't mean you're on the management track or that, oh, well, it could mean you're on the management track, but it doesn't mean you're going to get there in six months time. So, um, yeah, I think any any kind of course that comes in, into play where they're learning and they get to study up to get work experience at the same time is is, you know, brilliant in my book. Yeah. And, you know, as you're mentioning this, it's it's a perfect segue to job sharing, because ultimately what you just described is to me, one of the things I love so much about job sharing, you have people who have maybe intergenerational knowledge or experience. So somebody might be more tech knowledgeable, but might not have their life experience. And so being put together with somebody who might be more experienced, but yeah you know, either is planning to retire at some point or simply, yeah. you know, has other things in their Almost life. Almost like a mentoring job exactly. share program. Exactly. We do. We, we, um, so my business partner, Richard, um, owns a company called Allied Worldwide, and that's exactly what they do with their tech team. So they, they pair them up. So you've got a senior and a junior. So the junior is doing the day to day. Um, the senior gets brought in when they, when, you know, problems happen or anything like that and it needs to be sort of stepped up but all that time that junior is learning off the senior and it's it's such a great way to um bring people on and especially where there's skills based big skills based like areas of, of the country at the minute where there's just nobody available to do these jobs and you know that the top end they're coming out and there's there's nothing going back in at the bottom right. to, to sort of get people up to where they need to be and I also feel honestly from a returnship or returning perspective, because sometimes there is um, a lack or a, a reduction of self-confidence in a business level. So being teamed up with somebody who 
has the like you know knowledge of the latest year or so to immediately feed that knowledge with the life experience that somebody might have had and um, leadership skills they have mm -hmm. learned during unpaid care work in my mind i see that as a optimal you know solution because also i feel sometimes people would love to return but cannot because of the lack of flexible um, job opportunities, especially on a like a mid management level and above. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that will change. I think um, the last two years will inadvertently have changed the whole work life yeah. balance and ecosystems of businesses. I think you know over there you're seeing the Great Resignation. I think yes. that's about to start here. Furlough ends in September. Um, like I said, you've got the whole jab, no jab, no job policies coming in. There's a lot of turbulence in the job seeker market at the minute. Some employers undoubtedly will abuse that and, and go back to a really restricted timetable. Others will have learned from the last two years that actually there are different working strategies and actually it's in their interest for their people to be more productive. And if that means working at non-traditional hours, then so be it. Um, so I think, you know, the good companies, the companies that are going to get the best talent, the companies who you're going to want to work for or return to, they will be they'll, they'll be thinking about candidate engagement and employee engagement and productivity and, and all of that great stuff. And, and people will get those opportunities. You know, we are literally we're on a crest of a wave right now and we don't want it to go backwards. It's going to keep steaming forwards. And there's a lot of people certainly in the UK that are really driving and pushing for flexible working. From, from my side of things, it's more on the business side, like showing businesses how they can do it if they haven't done it throughout COVID, how they can do it now, what they need to look at. And, um, you know, really interesting content that we're writing around that. We're, we're holding power hour sessions with with businesses who are genuinely trying to change. And for me, that that's all really positive news. That that sounds excellent, and you know I'm I'm more positive as well. I, I'm I'm generally positive, but I really <laughs> feel that's one of the silver linings out of the pandemic. That a people business leaders realized yes, we can have people working remotely, and it doesn't impact productivity. And then I feel by having more of a trust type um you know working relationship it also then builds in more flexibility and the in and and so i'm really hoping that like here in canada like you know job sharing and part-time careers will become a more common you know occurrence which at the moment i feel we are not quite there yet but you yeah. know that's that's I, I what we're talking I, exactly and i don't we're not in the uk or at k either to be fair but it's about I think for, for me, the biggest thing is about that appetite to change um, and, and the understanding of the benefits that it can bring. Because after that, I think for, we've done a lot of writing recently around culture, values and behaviours of businesses and how they've changed over the last 24 months. Because if you're telling me that they haven't, then you're not in touch with your community, you're not in touch with your employees, you're not understanding that it's, it's made a big impact on all of us. However way you want to slice and dice it, you know, it has made an impact and I think, you know, businesses are going to have to go back, look at their culture, um, look at if their values have changed. If they have, how has that impacted the behaviours of the people in there, of the management team, of the hiring people? 
And it may very well lead to organisational change that is required um, and a new way of working. We keep telling anyone who listen that we need to move away from these 1950s work modalities. I know we've discussed it before, Karen, and I think it's this is the time is now. This, this is when we should be talking about it as we're rebuilding back, as we are about to go into exponential growth, as we get all of these new candidates into the marketplace. Um, you know, and the lost generations that have just left school and colleges and universities over the last couple of years, you know, we've got to put things in place to support them. So we can't go wholly remote because they still need face time, they still have social skills that they need to develop, that they still need to find their friendship groups, their partners. You know, there's so much that we do in our early days of work that, that these guys have lost. So businesses need to be aware of that and just they need to start treating us like grown-ups. I think this is what I always keep defaulting back to. Just talk to people, see what they want, see what you can accommodate. I think people are aware, you know, you, your employees are never going to be able to accommodate everything. It's about being met halfway and actually feeling like you've been listened to. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, Janie. It's like, yeah, it's... It, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the next time we talk, maybe in a year or so, you know, we can say these things have changed for the better. And yeah. I, I really agree with you. It's, um, yeah, who would have thought like two or three years ago, what, you know, sudden change through the pandemic would have, you know, come across. Like, I remember like, you know, just having one day at home was a big deal a few years ago and now it's like you know people are demanding it exactly <laughs> exactly and so many people are resigning because they're yeah. like nope this is my expectation and oh by the way i've moved to a different city or mm -hmm. state or province yes 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 so yeah yeah well, not all these balance. The other side of this that i think we that we've been forget that i I, re I wrote something this week um Oh, PR team probably kill me talking about it early, but um, something that happened to um, a team member of mine this week is literally she joined us. We did a big whole announcement of, you know, she's joined the team. Um, isn't she fantastic? Blah, blah, blah. That was on the Friday. On the Monday, she got targeted by scammers who pretended to be me. And we have been a wholly remote team since 2017. And they managed to convince her as a new starter who was just, you know, wanted to be helpful to her new boss, make an impression, because like you say, we're not getting yeah. this first yeah. time as much. Um, and they managed to scam her out of £800 um, with um, to buy Google Play vouchers for as an incentive to our clients and things like that. And she just thought she'd being helpful and that was going to immediately reimburse her. And these guys are completely scammed out of that money. And we really tried to help. You know, we, we rang the bank, we went back to right. the shop where right we purchased back. them. There was no support. I ran my bank insurance business insurance is not geared for remote teams at all there's literally no support that can come from and this is 800 pound is a lot of money to use and we're yeah. a small business it's a lot of money to us as a business sure. to lose and sure. you know we have rallied the team's rallied we're a small team we you know we're clubbing together we're going to put all of our commissions into a pot we'll make sure she gets her money back but that's not our responsibility you know we pay business insurance for a reason Big businesses are multi-billion pound companies that should be doing more to protect people in their shops that are buying stuff and that are, are at risk from scammers. So I think there's a whole big piece of work to help protect and safeguard remote workers as well. Um, I'm ever learning, like I say, four years into being a remote team. And it's just yeah. one of these things where it, it's stuff that employers need to think about. And when we're talking about engagement and making sure people are safe, you know, we've had previous experiences um, 
uh, another sort of friend of mine who owns her own remote company where you know one of their colleagues actually died and nobody realized for like two or three weeks because they didn't have the communications in place to understand that actually a team member was missing and that had actually passed away so there's a lot of angles I think when we look at remote working and we look at how we engage with our teams and and um, I guess the support mechanisms that, that go around that and safeguard your people that we have in the office make sure that that gets replicated at home too. Yeah no no uh, yeah I mean absolutely it's um, one of the things I wanted to say about that was like, you know, people moving to different areas, whether it's a different province, state or country, just from also a tax perspective, uh, you know, social um, security that that, you know, all of this, I feel is right now probably quite complicated or more complicated than people imagine. But mm-hmm. I imagine the more people you have doing this, it will become you know, more streamlined simply because, you know, if it's becoming the norm that you are, I don't know, living in, I'm making this up, Hawaii, and you're working (laughs) somewhere in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, to your point, like, you know, from a safety perspective, I mean, I hadn't even thought about this, what you said just now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel, yeah, so, you know, one of the big um, aspects of, bigger you know senior leaders saying we need to come back to the workplace is to have company culture but really the question is how can you create company culture being remote what kind of mechanisms you know because yeah. we because we've got right. an amazing company culture in fact I'm if sure. we didn't have the culture that we had my new starter wouldn't have been due because she would never like if it was me working for one of my old bosses who asked me to go out and put 800 pounds on my own personal card I'd be like, uh, you're transferring me the money first so you can give me a business card and I'll go and do that for you I wouldn't have paid for out of my pocket so somebody's preyed on our company culture right. to you know get somebody to do something that they, they thought I was asking them to do and you know it made us all feel sick that actually something that we're really really proud of as a company had been abused in that way um so yeah I think you know the cult the culture of the people at the end of the day and, and yeah. that's what I'm saying there'll be a disconnect right now because they they won't be singing the same hymn sheet and that's why we need to be talking to our staff we need to be talking to the leadership and making sure everybody's kind of where they need to be and and understands that you know that company culture may have shifted over the last sort of 12 to 18 months yeah well it's so nice talking to you Janie and it's like you know I can't wait to talk to you again in a year or so and just find out you know what more things have happened and yeah I'm definitely feeling quite positive about the future so and and thank you so much for sharing all the updates you have had thank you thank you for having me I'm I'm really excited about the future of work there's so many good things coming down the road so yeah I'd love to come back and talk to you about it again that sounds great yes thank you so much for listening to the show we hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye!